Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. When was the last time we had a week like that? again and he's got it Gavin was closing in oh Gavin has scored Abdul Osman against Brad Jones to put Liverpool out of the cup and not to three yeah! Hello, welcome to It's All Cobblers to Me, the fans podcast for Northampton Town My name's Charles and just like you, I'm a Cobblers fan If you're not a Cobblers fan then you're very welcome too Thank you very much for listening Coming up We're celebrating NTFC women making the first round proper of the FA Cup, talking matchday experience, and of course, lording it over being in the automatic promotion places. With both Neil and Jesse choosing to spend their half-term holidays in bed, although definitely not together, apparently, it's just myself and Danny here to entertain and delight you this week. Hello, Danny. Hello, Charles. How are you? Oh, what a week. What a bloody week, Charles. <laughs> Isn't it just like the best week that we've had for a long, long time? For a very long time, yes. <laughs> yes. Nine Incredible. points. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Zero goals conceded. Uh, none, none, of them. none of them. Seven goals scored. Seven. Amazing. Wow. Absolutely amazing. Dreamy, Charles. Oh, Absolutely just... dreamy football. Do you know... If you'd have said a couple of weeks ago that we'd have this kind of run of form, wouldn't have believed you. 
No. And I don't think many Cobblers fans, in fairness, would have either. No. It's one of those, isn't it? And before this Tranmere game at the weekend, there there were people, and, you know, I think we were, you know, guilty of this as well, you know, looking at the previous two games, Mansfield and Stevenage, both pretty poor sides to come to six fields. We weren't confident that we were going to go to Tranmere, a side that, well, conceded or what was it conceded the least amount of goals in the league or most clean sheets in the whole of English football or something like that yeah we go to Tranmere and and absolutely dominate in that second half to win that game just it was unthinkable yeah it was I mean it was like when you're at school you know in the playground you you're like year four you sometimes say to the year threes go on give us a game you you trounce them in the playground and then you play them again the next day, trounce them again. It's no challenge. You know, then you go and play a team in your own lit year who are the, the same standard as you and you go and trounce them as well. What what a week. It's Absolutely. kind of like that, but it's not really like that. But it's the only analogy <laughs> I've got, so I'm going to use it. But I think after, after the two, like the Mansfields and Stevenage were awful, awful teams. <laughs> it's shocking. So it, don't, it didn't really feel as jubilant as this. But yesterday... The, the form that Tramio have been in, they've won, I think, five out of six at home. They've not conceded many goals at home, I think, twice at home all season. Mm. Um, doubled that, didn't we? Hey? Did, did. Hey. Doubled and it. It was the manner of the performance and the fact that we just kept pounding them. Oh. Like we didn't we didn't shut up shop at 2-0. We just kept going and going and they just didn't have any answers to us. And I think after the game, you could tell the reaction to the, of their fans to it. To, our victory. They just said, right, you know, hands up, they're the, you're the better team. And for a team like that, who sat what a place above us before the game in such good form, decent manager in Mickey Mellon, to go there and win like that, that's the result of the season, I think, so far, to be fair. So far what, for me, definitely. Yeah. I mean, you talk about the week in general, just to cap it off like that. I honestly didn't think we had it in us, to be fair, to be honest. I thought we'd go there, maybe a good result would have been a point, would have come away with that pretty happy. But the way we went about our business and it stood us up in my in my thoughts actually and since the Sutton game I think there was a massive wake up call for mm. the Sutton game I think we were probably a bit too harsh on the Hartlepool game because I think we actually played really well there and made some good chances and I think on the pod we probably had us down a little bit too much but if you go back and watch that Hartlepool performance now it's probably one too dissimilar to to the weekend and to the last two games in the way that we played we've switched up the, the formation and it's just working so well for us and at the minute. And I think uh, John Brady did mention the Hartlepool game in his post-match comments, I think, where he said that they've learnt a lot, the Cobblers players and the team have learnt a lot from that defeat at Hartlepool. And you could kind of tell because obviously this week we go to Tranmere and, you know, we go 1-0 up. And I did think that the penalty decision... Um, came or was given at the right time because I think we were starting to sort of just maybe let them back into the game a little bit. Not too much, but I think the fact that we then get the penalty, score it, and then from there on, it is literally just... They hardly got out of their own half, Tramley, no. because we didn't let them. We were just... That front sort of four of Hoskins, Pinnock, Lewis and Atete were just on them like a rocket. It was a bit like watching how, and the and I know that this is over-exaggerating it and over-egging it. I really appreciate egg, that. Egg, egg, egg. <laughs> but the only way that I can 
sort of describe it and compare it to is, is the way that Liverpool press <laughs> with that top four all going. Are you comparing Sam Hoskins right? to Mohamed Salah, Charles? Uh, no, uh, no, I'm not. Uh, I would, I would say Atete is more the Mo Salah figure. Uh, <laughs> you were there, Charles, weren't you? By the way, I was um, there. A Tranmere, that is, yes. Yeah, yeah. Not a United no. bouncing. No, by you don't want to be there. Um, I mean, what was it? What was it like from the stands? Because you were like right behind, especially that first goal. It looked like yes, what a quality goal that was. Did you like? So it's turning into an interview now. Uh, hmm. Did you like? feel it was as good as it was until before you watched it back because on the highlights it just looks such a great goal so in the warm-up yes. at the start of the game they were practicing literally that move oh really yeah literally that move of get it out wide to the wide man for them to cross it in and for a tete or lewis whichever one of them it was going towards to basically tap it in they were practicing that move. They must have done it about four times, so from twice from both sides of the pitch, basically, using either Pinnock or I think probably Hoskins uh, as, as the wide men. And even in the warm-up, you sort of I, I I did kind of look at it and go, that's that's for me, that looks unusual to practice an actual move mm. before the game. I mean, obviously they'll do it in in training, but it it, it seemed a bit odd. And uh, in a way, it's good that Neil's not here to shout me down. So you'll probably do it now. But it's a bit like how um, rugby league teams <laughs> warm up. <laughs> they'll practice little plays in the warm up before the game. I've not seen that happen in football. Normally, they're they're running the width of the pitch. They're doing their stretches, you know, their dynamics. They're doing that, and then the subs will just get a ball, and they'll just play keepy uppy. The keepers will be one will be on halfway, and the other one will be at the goal, and they'll be basically hoofing it from one end to the other. That's the normal kind of warm up that I'm used to watching. Mm. So to see that happen in the warm up, I was like that going, and I, I think I turned around to to my friend Tim who I, I went to the game with and said, that's that's really good. Please do it in the game now. <laughs> well, you see him all the time, don't you, as well, in, in the, the goal at the side when they just start, you always smash it in the top corner mm. in the warm-ups, but it just never comes off. But yeah, that's interesting. They did that before the game. Speaking of the warm-up as well. Yes. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I know I mean, that wasn't the best this. moment of the warm-up, was it? That wasn't the best moment, no. Sir Adam Morton goes from strength to strength. And it, Put one in the top corner, didn't he? In the he warm-up. did. Well, he smashed it in. He smashed it in. Smashed it in. And I'm the... telling you. So, I mean, basically, the, the starting eleven had all gone in at this point. <laughs> and I think Mort, Mort's usually is the is the guy that he'll collect all the balls and make sure that the balls are going back into the train changing room because obviously those balls cost a lot of money, don't they? Those pumas. Mm. Um, anyway, the crowd was just urging him to have a shot, and uh, he did. And he, he then he also followed it up as well. So it already <laughs> smashed into the back of the net, hit the back of the net so hard that it came back out a bit. And then he went running over to get the ball and then, you know, a little tap in for another yeah. one. Oh, it was lovely. It's amazing. It's the, you, you know what um, Jurgen Klopp does with Liverpool fans after every win? Yes. And they expect him to do that, ooh, the fist pumps mm-hmm. and all that. He's going to be expected to do that now every game. Oh, mate, yeah. it, it was. It was really good. And I love the fact, I and mean, we've talked about Mortz, haven't we, a couple of times uh, now on the pod in the last few weeks. And 
it, it's great to see the connection that the that the fans have with the club through him. Mm. You know, that's that is really nice. And I mean, yeah, I, I I do I do really like it. But to go back to your first question, by the way, about the actual goal, they when it happened, I mean it was great. It was brilliant. And it it if anything, having now seen it back, like I watched the highlights on Quest and Oh my God, it's good from that angle. From the TV angle. Oh, that is just brilliant. And the thing that, the thing that has really interested me about not just that goal, but also the, um, well, a few of the other attempts that we had in that second half was how early we were looking to cross the ball. Mm. Because it was a case of get the ball out wide, whether it be to Pinnock, Hoskins, uh, Azamagaza. Um, you know, Koiki, whoever it was that was out, they were looking to get the ball whipped in as quickly as possible, as early as possible. They weren't looking to get to the byline and then cross it. And the reason why that's interesting for me was the fact that if you try and take on your man, so the fullback, the opposition fullback, to get to the line, that that gives the defence time to sort of set themselves. Whereas the speed that we were attacking, we were getting the ball on the flanks and then to get the ball straight in, the defence don't have any time whatsoever to set themselves and to get themselves into position at all. With the goal, with with the Tete's goal, you know, Pinnock whips that ball across and all of the players are running towards the goal. Defence and our attacking players. And there's just gaps. And Keon Tete just is in acres of space and it is a tapping all the power comes from the cross and it is just deadly and mm, uh, yeah. it was such a good goal to see live as well from behind mm. the goal the, my disappointment was that he went off to the other end of the stand to celebrate and he didn't <laughs> come to us but you know that's that, sam came to us right in front of, <laughs> of me he did yeah. oh. he loves it um going back to that i, th- I don't quite think it's a tapping i think it was there was a lot to do still with that to use that and put it in the corner and maybe a couple yeah. of games ago he probably wouldn't have done that or he might have taken a touch and not thought about it but it's well he said that. didn't he that that it was a it was basically um a replica of what happened against Mansfield mm. where he did he hit the bar yeah yeah yeah. so yeah I mean it, it's one of those what I, well, you are right I'm doing him a disservice it wasn't a tap-in what I mean is that he didn't have to you know, bring his leg back and strike the ball and create the power himself, which I think would have been more difficult. He basically just had to get his foot on it and aim it Mm. for it to go in. Like I said, all the power was on the cross and he used the power of the cross. It's all about that delivery, isn't it? That wand of a left foot that Pinnock's got. And it's becoming becoming something now that it's like a set piece when we put it in. Mm. Moon open play, Charles. It, or, hey, it was. Or the 25th phase <laughs> after kickoff. Um, but it's becoming one of them things now. You know what, like when I'm not going to compare it to it, obviously, but when Ricky Holmes picked up the ball, you expected something to happen. Yes. When Mitch Pinnock gets that ball on the left-hand side and he's got some space, we're now starting to think, here we go. So it's yeah. going to happen here. And that's, that's what we're slowly getting in. We're, I mean, we're it's still early in the season, and but we're starting to pick that up from... 
for my players, and that's what the, where the connections coming from between us and the players. You know, in the players, um, sorry, you know, you got Liam Robertson goal. We expect him to be keeping clean sheets. He's a great character as well. Um, we've got um, what's his face, Horseful. You expect him to score headers. You've got um, Guthrie at the back, who people are loving because I mean, of the, his... the, the pair of them together. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do I do I dare say that there's a possibility oh, no, that one day no, they Charles. become like those <laughs> like those '90s legends? That <laughs> partnership, know. though, I mean, it's a great, it, yeah, it is really really great, and you kind of see it as being they're, they're two like John Guthrie just seems to just get on with it with a minimum of fuss. Mm. Whereas, I mean, Fraser obviously he's got the captain's armband as well, so he mm. is going to be a bit more vocal possibly, or at least you're going to see him being more vocal with the mm. entire team and with the referee as well. Mm. Um, it, it, there's passion yeah. there and you there can is. see it's, it. And it's, it's throughout so the team, good. isn't it? Like Azamagaza right back. Great. Oh, oh, there was a brilliant bit. I've got to tell you this. And I'm really sorry because there is swearing coming, everybody. So <laughs> if... Uh, Melbourne Cobblers. <laughs> Melbourne Cobblers <laughs> just about to mute it. Uh, there was a point where... So I think... McGowan got played in on the right-hand side and it was right in front of me. Um, and unfortunately, he ran the, bought the ball out of play for a goal kick. But as he did so, and you could tell, he wasn't happy with himself and he literally just got... The ball went out of play and he just went, twat! <laughs> <laughs> yes, love that. And I was like, that guy, I loved it. And <laughs> That's proper Sunday league, isn't it? Yes. We, yeah. we had one um, ex... Uh, what was it? it was a player manager, I think he was at Sunday League. Every time we conceded a goal, which was a lot, he he <laughs> said the uh, "see you next Tuesday" very loudly oh, across the fields of Southampton. Um, anyway, what was I, what was I saying? There's, yeah, leaders, characters across mm. the across the pitch we've been screaming out for, and I think it's the forgotten men in front, not the forgotten men, but you know the the players that don't get as much recognition. The Sowerby's, McWilliams, Lewis in the middle of the park—they're just closing everything down. They're stopping attacks. They're starting new ones. That Sowerby started the move, I think, for the goal, first goal. Mm. And then the wingers like Pinnock, Hoskins, great quality. And it's Atete is obviously coming into form as well. It's we've got such a core there, and it's when you take a cog of that out, it's going to be interesting. Like will happen next week when Hoskins is suspended. Um, Oh, don't! That, that is so annoying. That's it is. It's it's what that. happens when when one of them goes out. Like Guthrie got out, went out that time, and we got it was yeah. completely discombobulated. And I'm hoping though that a... with it being the attacking area or the attacking part of the team, that a player like I would still expect us to start with a with pretty much an unchanged side. Obviously, we've got to replace Hoskins, mm. but I would expect Brady just to put Connolly in. Yeah. And that, just that, be a be straight thing, swap, and therefore we just carry on the way that we have been. And with Connolly's pace, we should have pretty much a direct replacement for Sam, shouldn't we? In theory, yeah, we should do. Yeah, I don't, I don't really want him to start dicking around with players and starting moving pe- people around. Like you could, like bring Neil in at left back, bring Koiki over to the left wing, and put Pinnock mm. on the right or something. I don't really want to see that. I'd, I'd rather just see like for like. Yeah, let's carry on. Because um, Atete is thriving in this new system, like oh, being absolutely. the main man up there, he could he could be a shrinking violet playing on his own up front, kind of. But he's just grabbed it. He's grabbed the chance. He's got his goal, and we're off and running. And he'll he'll get double figures now, surely. Absolutely. Well, he's 
at least I would say. And just just going by how clinical he is and how yeah. much of a nuisance he is up front to those defence. Yeah. I mean, he he had Clark wrapped around his little finger. Yeah. He was like, yeah, I mean, John Brady the... said, didn't he, in his post-match interview about how basically, uh, you know, he respects Peter Clark as a as a true professional, as a great stalwart of the game. Um, he just basically got a runaround from a youngster. Yeah. <laughs> he, he wasn't saying that during the ninety minutes, was he, Brady? About Peter Clark. Um, <laughs> but he's been one of the he's been one of the players of the season. I think Peter Clark still at, at yeah. the age he is 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 a quality. But yeah, absolutely. Um, I do want to um, talk very quickly, and I know this is because of the fact that Chesie's not here, so therefore I can't <laughs> be interrupted. But the the one thing that still I'm not convinced about and I'm not trying to lump any negativity onto here whatsoever I just think that if you even when you're winning you need to look at the areas that you can improve and I'm sure that's what John Brady and the team will be doing I'm still quite scared about Ali Koike at left back yeah he potentially could have had a red card couldn't he at the weekend I I was certain he was gone second yellow I thought you know from the way that Tim Oglethorpe was describing I thought that was it Watched it back. I wasn't any less convinced that it was a red card. Well, a second yellow kind of thing. Um, I think he potentially got away with that. I was worried Sorry, that for his first yellow card that it was going to be red. I mean, I was oh, really? a long way away from it, in fairness. Yeah. But from where I was, I thought, has he gone in two-footed? Because it did seem like he just went to ground ridiculously. Like, from where I was, I thought, what's he got? What's he dived in there for? And mm. the way that the reaction came from from the the cop end of the ground was just I was like oh god it is called the cop Dan I've not <laughs> called it that just just because <laughs> we were in the cow shed and the <laughs> yeah, hopans are in the cop at Brenton Park that's how it is yeah. but um, I think for everything he is attacking we've got to it, it's a bit of a payoff in it because everything he's good at attacking wise he can sometimes get a little bit caught in defence yeah it's, I mean no, no one's going to be perfect are they um, no oh god no especially not you don't want to take away from what he can do going forward he's great on. he's got great pace he's got great um, like quality going forward mm-hmm. as well so it's going to be one of them things that you just hope teams don't start targeting isn't it but, but I mean there was a there was a moment in the first half where the um, Tranmere winger tried to basically take on Koike for pace. And I did think to myself at the time, I was like, well, that's not going to happen, is it? Yeah. <laughs> You're not going to win that. And and, and Koike did a, a really good slide challenge to put it out for a, for a throw-in. Um, yeah, that was that. So you try I mean, it once. Try yeah, it once. Try it once. Yeah, well, that was it. He didn't try it again. He knew <laughs> that he wasn't going to beat him it's for in pace. His pocket. He was definitely, there was no way of getting past that in that way. So, uh, so yeah, I, I, I will say that I just can't quite believe how dominant we were. Mm. I, I went away from Prenton Park just with such a smile on my face. And I know you do, I, I, you know, after you win any game, you always feel happy. It boosts the mood for your whole weekend, doesn't it, as a football fan? But there was something about that win. Like I said at the beginning where, you know, like Stephen is a man and Mansfield were terrible. But this win was just something else because I think you can only beat what's put in front of you. So the fact that Mansfield and Stevenage were awful has, you know, that's not our fault. We can't do anything about that. What what do you want us to do? Go and ask Man United. Well, that's a terrible example. Uh, go and ask Liverpool. 
to play us every week. You, it doesn't work like that. You mm. can only play the teams that you're scheduled to play and then go and beat them. And, and we have done that. But then to come up against Tranmere, who were in... I, I don't know whether you say that they are in form. They lost on Tuesday, didn't they, as well? No, I think they drew two all. Oh, was it two all? Yeah, with Harrogate doing well as well. Okay, so... Yeah. But they had a good home record. As you said, they'd only conceded twice all season at home. And then to go and put two past them. And it'd be relatively comfortable. Yeah. I yeah. um I didn't quite reach the heights of jumping around a random bar in Bristol with random strangers, which I shouldn't have been doing. Uh, but <laughs> it had the feels of that Germany win in the Euros that we'd beaten yeah. a couple of teams that we were probably supposed to beat. We weren't you know, you could really read too much into it, but then you come up against the next boss and mm. you, your team that you probably, you're not sure about if you're going to win, but winning it feels so satisfying. Like it felt so good to like imagine it being there would have been great as well. What a, what a great away day um, to be at because it, I wasn't expecting it at all. And I probably wasn't mm. giving ourselves enough credit to think that we would go there and get a result, but we've just, the reactions at the end as well, like John Brady coming over, punching the air, like you can feel something building and you just want it to carry on because we've got some, dare I say, winnable games coming up as well. Oh, don't do that. Carlisle and don't Bristol do Rose. that. Um, <laughs> but why oh. not? Let's carry, keep going. I do. I do see where you're coming from, though, in fairness. So, yeah, and you are right. Carlisle next. Oh, well, I say that the Carlisle are without a manager, so they could well name someone before the weekend. Yeah, that is true. Don't forget, it's a two o'clock kickoff as well on yes. Saturday. Um, so uh, make it sure it's second by the time. By the end of it. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get carried away. Stop it. Um, yeah, I, I just fantastic. And and you are right. Being there was great. It really was really really good. Um, lovely. Right. We'll we'll take a quick break, and uh, we'll be back with uh, some other cobblers related chat in a moment. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers To Me fan club. Every month, you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content, such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else, and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Welcome back to It's All Cobblers to Me. Thank you very much for listening. Um, We've talked about Tranmere, Danny. Um, We've talked about the football side of things. There's a a couple of things that have happened this week that we should definitely touch on, I think. Um, Starting with the result of the fans or supporters representative um, election for the board position, which was um, won by Tom Cliff in the end. Um, well done to both Dan and Tom. First of all, I, I, and I mean this, well done to both of them for putting their head above the parapet and actually basically risking a little bit of their own sanity and, you know, favour, if you like, with the fan base because I mean that I I'll, I'll be honest with you when I started this podcast I didn't realize maybe what it would do you know having 
people know who I am when I'm at the game. You know, a couple of people at, at Tranmere on Saturday said hello, and you know, uh, you know, people I don't really know. You know, hadn't before the pod, didn't know them. So, what Dan and Tom both did is exactly the same. They'll have made themselves known to more people than they previously would have known. Um, so fair play to both people. I think either of them personally would have done the job very, very well, whatever that job might actually end up being, still not sure. Um, but Tom won. And um, I, I just want to wish him good luck. And I know it was his birthday as well over the weekend. So yes. happy birthday, Tom. Um, really nice week for yeah. Tom. That, But yeah, um, I spoke to both of them and, I wouldn't have had any doubts about either of them going in. So, um, good, decent number of people voted as well. I don't think there's any questions about it now, and let's hope to get on with it. And just let's, I think you, you mentioned putting the head above a parapet, and there's already been some comments on whether it's social media or the hotel end and things, message boards and stuff. Mm. Can we just stop doing this to people who make themselves or put themselves forward? Because it's, it's straight away negativity about some things, isn't it? And some people just have this thing about being negative straight away. We just need to just remember like things like where we were a year ago in terms of like football and a year and a half ago. And just remember there's a person behind it because whoever would have got in, we would have been sat here saying the same thing. That just show some trust in them, get behind them and remember that they're doing it for that because of their love of the club. Like both of them would have been great for it and no well done to Tom. Just let's let him get on with the job, I think. Absolutely. I I, I will say that I think it's unfortunately the way of the world. Um, yeah, yeah. There, there will always be people that seem to just want to put things down, yeah. which they didn't. Basically. But there you go. Um, Walter Toll was finally inducted into the National Football Museum's Hall of Fame over, um, well, it was at the back end of last week. Um, I will be popping over actually because it's half term here, Danny. I don't know whether it's half term where you are in Bristol, but yes, yes, we've got two weeks now. And, um, two weeks. Uh, yeah, two weeks. I know. Mm. Don't don't get me started. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, so I've got two weeks to kill and to uh, to take Amelia to different places. So I'm I'm going to take her to the uh, National Football Museum, which is in Manchester, okay. um, to go and see um, Walter Toll's um, bit um, in there. There's a few other cobblers related things in the museum as well. Uh, I think either his boots or or the ball that. George Best scored six past us with, or is Ash Taylor's penalty ball in there? No, they still haven't been able to get. <laughs> it. Elon Musk hasn't quite managed to retrieve that from the moon. Just is yet. Griff the Griffin in there? Uh, <laughs> oh, Griff! Oh, Griff! <laughs> oh, how we miss Griff! Um, so, I, I, look, there's we can't do this just justice. I'll be honest about about the Walter Toll. There's some fabulous stuff that's been done by BBC Radio Northampton. Uh, Gray McKechnie has done um, some great stuff in looking at both Walter Tull and the, there's a Saints player whose name unfortunately escapes me, um, but who was also uh, an officer, I think, in World War One in the British Army. So um, incredible, incredible stuff. If you can go and find it, I'm sure if you go onto BBC Sounds, you'll be able to search and find the special programme that was there. It was really, really good. I really enjoyed listening to it. So I think you guys will as well. Um, and I'll let you know about the uh, what it looks like at the uh, National Football Museum, Danny. Um, I expect a full like. written report. Yeah, why not? I'll, I'll do yeah. something. Do something yeah. for the website. Well, a great thing. Yeah. Um, 
And then other cobbler's news. So um, maybe not necessarily cobbler's news as such, but but this weekend, um, the new Hotel End project reawoke, I, I, I suppose, so is a way of describing it. Basically became active again on Twitter, started um, sort of putting a couple of bits and pieces out there about what the, the idea is um, and what they want to do. And then also put on a a, a, a poll, um, a Graham poll, if you like, um, which was to ask whether, essentially, to to keep going with the idea or to just let it go. Um, at this moment in time, it's sixty forty to stick with it. Um, but I'll just kind of give you a quick sort of um summary of what they they popped on on Sunday morning, and I think it maybe came about with so at Tranmere. Uh, Danny on Saturday, there was a uh, fairly large marquee that basically ran alongside what would be the equivalent of our West Stand at Sixfields, mm-hmm. which was a um, a fan park um, that is done by the Tranmere Rovers Trust, um, and it had an Oktoberfest style beer festival oh, nice. um, happening in there. Now, I'll be honest, I didn't pop my head in because. I, I was with uh, my friend Tim and, and our kids, so wasn't able to pop my head in there. But it did look pretty good. There were lots of people in there, lots of fans of both sides. Um, we're happily having a, a drink and a chat uh, pre-match. So I think this is maybe what has um, sort of stemmed the guys at the new hotel end um, to sort of reach out again to the fan base. They, they started off by basically giving credit to, to the Tranmere Rovers um fan park um and and basically suggesting that here's what essentially they're they're trying to do which is they're trying to get a a couple of fan parks so behind the north stand for home fans and then behind the south stand for away fans um which would also include like staging for live music to happen and and different bits and pieces if you go to um their their twitter which is at new hotel end you'll be able to see everything um but i just wanted to sort of say as much as there are questions still about it i think it's still worth something explore or being explored um i don't know what you think about it danny i mean there's there's one thing that i i kind of think that when they disappeared as such, they they put a thing up saying that it was basically the, the trust and the, the football club had had another spat in public. Um, and so therefore they said, we can't go ahead with this in these conditions. We need these parties to be able to work together, which I can, I can understand. Um, they are saying that they need NTFC and the trust to get involved, that they're essentially two big um, organisations to just not be involved with the project. So I think the fans do want it, or at least there are some fans that would like it. I personally think, I think it's a great idea. I think it would, you know, there's work to be done to actually get the idea to become what it could actually be or would turn out to be. But as a starting point, I think it's pretty good. Um, I don't know how you feel about it, Danny. Yeah, yeah, I think there's nothing better than going to mainly away games where there's a marquee or something that's there for away fans that you can rock up to and you know is going to be there. Like Wickham, I think, do. I don't know if they still do. 
a giant marquee for away fans. Really simple marquee bar away fans. It just makes you want to go early and makes you want to go and hang out there. You, you're at the ground. You're there. You've got no, no more of your journey to do. It's a great feeling to be there around all your fans. It feels like a really good atmosphere. And I think some of the ideas here are great. Um, like in an ideal world, it would be amazing to have all these things, to have away fan parks, to have a home fan park at the other end, all these other things. I think the costing and stuff is going to be the key issue around it and how the trust and the club work together for it. Whether it's a priority above the East Stand, I'm not sure because I feel like they want to get the East Stand sorted before anything else. But I think at heart, it's a great idea. And I think potentially it needs to maybe start off small and then grow into something this big. Um, So it's great to have the long-term vision, but I think to start off even with something like just a marquee in a bar and go from there just to get the sense of if people can will enjoy it, people will come to Twitch, which I think they would. And I think people would come and come early, spend the money if it goes to the club um, and grow it from there. Um, So it'd be interesting to see how it goes. I definitely would love to be able to, to say, let's go a couple of hours early and, and be as a community together and, and have a drink, have a laugh and all that kind of thing. Sound like a Chelsea song now. but <laughs> I do think that um, as much as I, or as little as I know about what they've got at Tranmere, um, but it seems like they've basically started with that, you know, a marquee with a bar inside of it um, set up and run, I think by the looks of it, by the trust, their, their supporters trust. Um and then now actually looking at moving into a, a purpose-built sort of section of the ground, whether it's like being added on or what, but moving out of a marquee and into an actual building, mm. um, which is great. But, I mean, th- therefore, they've, they've done their kind of market research and showed its plausibility, like you were saying, starting off with uh, a bar and a marquee. And that's obviously worked, so there it's going. I'd love to know a little bit more about how that has actually come about and how it's actually worked. There must be some sort of thing between the trust and the club to allow that to happen. So is it something that our supporters trust could maybe look into doing would be a way of maybe working with the club. I mean, I I, I do think that, you know, one of the things that it could be done, uh, could be done with it is that the supporters trust do give money to the club or have done over previous years to fund certain things. I I believe I might be wrong here, but you know, the tunnel that the fans come out in between, you know, the middle of the West stand, I think that was originally paid for, or at least maybe a replacement at one point was paid for by the supporters trust. I think a scoreboard, I think maybe money from the supporters trust went towards the scoreboard. Um, So, I mean, it could be a way of the supporters trust generating funds to then, put back into the club and that, you know, they can maybe give specific things for it to go towards if, if that's the way it works. Um, but I think it'd be really good and interesting to find out what it is that Tranmere have done or Tranmere supporters trust have done and how it works between themselves and the football club to have that fan park, that fan zone there and how it then works financially uh, between the two parties. I think that'd be really, really interesting. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, definitely good ideas in the, in theory. Brilliant. Right. Well, um, I think it's time for a bit of this. When I was young and had no sense, I bought a phone for 50 pence. The only pod it would play was it's all cobblers to me on a Tuesday. Singing I, I, yippee, yippee, I love the pod. Singing I, I, yippee, yippee, I. Loads of stuff in the post bag this week. 
Danny. Absolutely yes. loads. And I'm sure you'll probably understand that a lot of them are, are very happy fans after that win at Tranmere, which is yes. great. Because after yes, this last is what week, we wanted. Yeah, yeah. This is exactly this is... what we wanted. <laughs> Call to action has worked, Danny. <laughs> yes, come on. We've got loads, loads of great comments. This is fun. Uh, do you want me to start reading them, Charles? Yes, go for it. Yes, Let's dip in. That, that would be helpful on a podcast. <laughs> um, I'll read them out loud, in fact, to make it, it even better. Yes. Uh, Becky Mann said, what a second half. A very difficult to pick a man of the match. Really convincing performance. I agree with that. I, to a man. They were they were brilliant yeah, and to a Becky man to a Becky man <laughs> they were brilliant yeah um I, yeah I can't pick them out of the match I just can't do mm. it who actually got it did, we don't name them for away games do we I don't know if anybody won the away player of the match I think the I think Keanu Tete won it on one of the coaches I saw on on Twitter oh, okay. maybe on the Six Hills coach yeah. uh, potentially but um, Pinnock's got to be up there definitely yeah. Sa- Sam I will say this Sam Hoskins played a blinder absolutely fantastic game and yes I, I i know he only scored the penalty he had several other chances but i mean the shot that, that hit the bar that was oh, pretty yeah. good he likes um, it tramway though doesn't he old oh, he does he loves he it like, like. <laughs> um, i also loved and i will have to mention it keanu tete knows how sam feels about him <laughs> <laughs> oh Bless nice. him. I love that. Absolutely love it. Speaking um, of Sam, Craig West uh, mm. says, absolutely fantastic. So good that the squad is unchanged. Feels like we finally found something that works. So long as nobody gets a ban. Oh, for f- <laughs> sake, Sam. <laughs> Come on, Sam. Oh, dear. It wound me up, that that booking. because, <laughs> And you could see the absolute outrage in Sam's face. He knew, didn't when, he? Yeah. Well, it wasn't just that. It was, And it was explained. I think Jake Sharp explained it really well on the radio afterwards, which was that the free kick routine is that Sam places the ball on the floor and Pinnock immediately crosses it in. Yeah. Tranmere had already done exactly the same type of free kick routine earlier on in the match. And yet, for some reason, the referee just went, you're time-wasting. Sam's telling him, blow the whistle and we'll take the free kick. And then the referee gives him a yellow card and, and Sam's like, this is part of the routine. And you could sort of see, and he didn't say this, but in his head, you could see Sam Hoskins just go, this is part of the routine, you absolute yeah. bellend. <laughs> <laughs> just oh, an, so, annoying. so annoying for him to pick up that because it was so soft and yeah. just an absolute travesty. They should be able to be, you know, taken away if, if they're for stupidity like yeah. that. And don't get me started on that referee in the first half. He was I know you, anyway. you, were, you sent an angry message out there, angry tweets about that referee a video oh. yourself, didn't you? But, I just didn't. He was just giving every... Don't get me wrong. He was probably just as bad for them, but I felt like he wouldn't give us anything. Yeah. And he, he gave the same things that were happening to us that, that we were getting fouls given against us for, mm. Tranmere were doing to, to us and getting away with it. And you just yeah. can't, it was so blatantly obvious at times. It was so frustrating. But anyway, we won, so. We did. Yeah. We did. And Stephen Tomlin says, excellent victory. Great finish from Matete, the way he opened his body up to hit it first time. Beautiful. Absolutely. And he's got, he's given us the heart emoji, the heart eyes emoji. Oh, it was, Sums up my it was good. It was yeah. lovely. Really was. was. Tom Foster thinks we'll be champions by March. Oh, um, can't see us conceding again this season. Oh, now you've done it, Tom. (laughs) Well, what are you doing that for? (laughs) Speaking of which, by the way, um, Jeffy um, said that Sean, um, who is, he's going to jinx it. 
don't <laughs> curse the pod. Sean, uh, potentially one of the most pessimistic of Cobblers fans, Jeff said also, places, obviously, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, also said we're going to be champions this year, <laughs> which is astonishing. She said um, she did ask him again in a non-alcoholic state, um, and he also and he repeated it that said we'll be champions. Which, Amazing! Uh, it's incredible. Um, Ryan of somewhere says, "Good to see <laughs> the ball moving a, forward." As a Twitter handle, by the way, Ryan of somewhere. Ryan of bit. somewhere <laughs> says, "Good to see the ball moving forward and get goals from it, not just from set pieces." Indeed, absolutely. I mean, that's the. It's what we've been asking for, isn't it? Forwards, forwards, get it forwards, <laughs> get it forwards. That bloke right. in the West End's going to be happy. <laughs> he is, isn't he? Yeah, <laughs> absolutely loving it. Um, I, I really love this one from Gareth. By the way, um, <laughs> after all that superb positivity, <laughs> just a very simple halfway to safety. <laughs> <laughs> it's not wrong it's not wrong he's not wrong he's absolutely not wrong um john brady talked after the game didn't he about having reached a certain goal um which is <laughs> also nice to hear i mean we still don't know what that goal is specifically was it the amount of goals that we've scored was it points on the board yeah, what's the, the overall sheets, goal yeah. clean sheets yeah. yeah i mean we are now technically we're joint Joint equal clean sheet record, aren't we, in the whole of the uh, English um, football yeah. leagues? Yeah. That's the word I was looking for, leagues. Um, Speaking of stats yeah. as well, Chelsea, you'll like this one. Oh, I love a stat. Uh, the victory on Saturday took us to, I believe this is right, The we've won the most fourth-tier games of anyone in history now. Top of the table of fourth two, and what that oh, probably says more away about games, us, isn't it? Is it away games, Danny? Uh, we're now the most winning club on the road, yes, ever. Yeah, yeah. most away wins in the fourth tier, which says more about us probably than. Th- I was going to say it says more about the fact that we've probably been in the fourth tier for yeah. longer than we actually. Yeah, to be. I mean, surprisingly, the team we overtook was Darlington. Really? Um, yeah, that's that is surprising, seeing mm. as how long they've been dead for. Mm. Mm. I enjoyed that stat. Though. Good stat. Love yeah. a good stat like that. Um, Robert Sammons has got a long one for us. Oh, hello. Um, <laughs> he says, <laughs> he says, uh, hope you and the team are well after a successful week for the Cobblers. Just wanted to ask you guys about football programmes. Does anyone actually still buy them and would anyone miss them if they stopped being produced every match day? A little story that made me think of this. I was clearing out Matt's room. Now I was at uni. Turning it into a gym, maybe? Um, found a carrier bag full of magazines in the bottom of his wardrobe uh oh this is not going well for me this isn't this isn't sounding good Matt (laughs) do we want to go on (laughs) trembling as I looked to see what was inside I couldn't believe it when thankfully I discovered them to be Cobra's programs from the entire 1966 to 1967 first division campaign including the 24,000 record attendance county ground game v Fulham also inside was the George Best Cobblers v Man United programme from 1970 when he scored six and a variety of other matches from the 60s and 70s, all in mint condition. Mm. Apparently, they were given to him by a teacher at school years ago, so I guess they're probably not worth very much. My collection of programmes and fanzines for the 1990s and 2000s are safely secured in the loft and will be due the annual flick-through in a few weeks' time when the Christmas tree comes down. I know I have the Burnley photocopy programme from when we went into administration with Theo Foley was manager, plus the Wembley ones, plus the special souvenir £4 edition that Little Hampton produced when we played them in the Cup. 
So I was wondering what what do you guys do with your programs and whether you have any particularly good or memorable ones featuring in the cobblers. Best wishes to you and all the team. Keep up the good work. Kind regards, Robert Sammons. Thank you, Robert. That was a, I enjoyed that. That's that's the type of email that I love seeing. Absolutely. That's great. Yeah. Um I was worried where that was going for start. I, <laughs> I was. I mean, I, I'm still a bit worried. Has uh, Robert? Have you actually opened up each of these programs to make sure they're not proper? You know, you know how, like, <laughs> put a magazine inside the magazine <laughs> to fool your parents. Brilliant um, programs. Um, I, I so I did buy a program for the two home games that I've been to this season. So that was the first two home games. So Port Vale and then Rochdale. Um, And it was more because I took, because taking Amelia to her first games, I kind of wanted to keep that. That was a, you know, a bit special, but I didn't buy one on Saturday at Tranmere and it never entered my head wanting to. Mm. Um, Yeah. I used to get them on top when I was younger. We used to get one for every game. Like, mm. um, it used to be a, a thing and I used to collect them. I've got loads in probably my mum's attic somewhere that it's just piles and piles of programmes somewhere. Um, but now I think I'm the same as you. I think special occasions like taking your kids your first, through his or her first game, um, away games, I sometimes get them. Um, sometimes pick up fanzines away actually as well, just to kind of, because it's a little bit of a different thing. I think the fanzines are different though, aren't they? I, yeah, I exactly. The fanzine think... is a different thing. You're getting, you can't get that kind of stuff necessarily on the internet like you can with a program these days. And that's yeah. probably the issue that, uh, you know, programs are facing now. Isn't and I think it? programs the... as well for away fans are pretty much the same, aren't they? You get, do you listen to the squads? You get yeah. a little bit about the manager. It's not really something that's much different. So I think in away games, you usually get it if it's like a new ground or something. Or... Mm-hmm. yeah i don't i i i wouldn't say that they are or should be consigned to history i think there are people out there aren't there who who will still advocate for them and still say they're part of the match day experience and and that is you know that's absolutely fine but i do think that the, the world is moving on essentially from print um and the fact that with the issue with you know for match day programs is this thing of they used to be the only way of essentially getting the news from the club didn't they apart from mm. club call that was that was the thing that you could do you could ring a really high premium rate number and instead of, instead of speaking to some you know lovely sounding lady you'd hear some brutes reading out the latest cobbler's news it's probably like somebody from uh, like like the old Barry Stoddell or someone just going, uh, oh, so in news today. Uh, that, that would have been you if that was now, Charles. You <laughs> right, I'd have done that. Um, so uh, now you can obviously get your news straight away. It's on the Cobbler's website. Is there, you know, Twitter, Facebook. Obviously the news is shared on those immediately. That's where I see, you know, most of my Cobbler's news. It's on Twitter, and I'll just click through to the link that's provided from either the club or the cron. And so, therefore, I don't need a program to tell me what's happened this week, which is one of those things. I, I, I wonder whether they need to maybe start thinking about what they actually put in the in the programs. I know that they're, you know, Hayden Spencerly, for example, he put does a, a column, doesn't he, in ours, where mm. he talks about, and, and maybe Dan Rowan was still doing that. I, th- I think maybe the BBC head of sport he writes a column 
but the vast majority of it is it's just news isn't it that we've already read on online yeah yeah i think it's it's that thing about you want to keep it i think i think eventually it may like reduce i think probably a lot of it's to do with sponsors as well Hmm. um giving them something for their logos to go and stuff like that but um yeah i think there's definitely a place for them because the first thing people look for probably when we've just when we've like caused a cup upset or something you you look at you're trying to get a program at yours okay um so you never really know when it's going to be worth something yeah there there is that i mean there was a there was when i went to pick the tickets up um yesterday so i'd bought my tickets from the cobblers and then they'd brought them up because obviously i'm not going to drive down to northampton then to come back up here for the actual game um so i was in the tranmere club shop and the guy that was in front of me was collecting his ticket as well um he asked for a program and they didn't have any in the club shop i think he did get one because they were on sale in the concourse uh, in the away end um but so that clearly there are people that are still wanting to get them they are still prevalent I know that some football clubs have, have stopped doing them all together now. Um, and I think if the Cobblers decided to do that, I think I'd be upset about it, which sounds ridiculous considering I've just said I'd, I'm not really that bothered. Yeah, I think it's just part of the tradition, isn't it? But yeah. Like, fact- you feel like it would be another part of tradition that's been taken away from you. Yeah, uh, possibly. So yeah, I mean, I, I, I do still have a lot of programmes. I think I've still got the ones pretty much from all of the 90s mm. that I went to somewhere. You know what I miss, Charles? Is the guy at the top. Do you know the guy who used to be at the top of the West End selling crons? Ah, oh, yes. <laughs> then all, during like the late 90s, there always used to be a random free gift with the Chronicle <laughs> that came. It was like, get your Chronicle and Echo and a free tube of toothpaste <laughs> or a free packet of pogs. It was so much. You didn't get this in the normal, like if you just bought the Chron randomly, you had to go to the game to get this ridiculous random free gift. I don't know if that's just me. So um, let me know everyone if that did actually happen or whether it's just me making something <laughs> up. But I've seemed to remember that that was a, a fun yeah, thing I'm to a bit think worried that, that I was walking in. Like a bit of a Jimmy Savile. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, let's know. I think I think that used to happen. It might have just been me and there's some random bloke selling me a cron and a packet of pogs. But um, yeah, email in, let us know. Brilliant. Yeah, send your emails. We've actually got a brand new email address, everybody. Yes. So uh, we've got a brand new website. So if you go to cobblerstome.com, it's the same email, uh, same website address uh, as we've always had, um, but slightly different, slightly updated. Lots of things are going to come. Obviously, as a, as you know by now, Danny writes a match preview every week for each game, which are really, really good. I do suggest you go and check them out um, on there. We'll also, anything else that, that we kind of you know, come up with and think might be good to to write something about, we'll be putting on there as well. And also, if you'd like to write for us, because I know that there are, we've, I've had a couple of people sort of say, oh, I'd love to do stuff for um, for the podcast and, and, and do stuff for us. If you're an aspiring, you know, football writer or anything like that, um, you know, and you'd like to just write something just for your own sort of wanting to do it, then, then feel free. We will put something out there. It will all be credited to you. We won't take any of that credit. We'll literally just house it on our website for you. And you can talk about anything you want to, cobblers or League 2 related, whatever you'd like to do, um, then, then just do it. And to do it, you can now send it to our brand new email address, which is Danny. Podcast at cobblers2me.com. That's podcast 
at copplestomy.com. Lovely stuff. Absolutely lovely. Oh, so from brand new websites and email addresses um, to, well, records, brand new records being smashed. Danny, do you know what I'm talking about? New records being smashed. It must be to do with the women, surely, Joe. It absolutely is. Of course it is. Northampton Town Football Club women have made it through to the FA Women's Cup first round proper for the first time. Proper. 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 Love it. Proper. Proper job. Abby Bruin, yes. yes. Our very own Abby Bruin. Something I cannot tell is you Bruin, Charles. how proud I am right now, right? I oh, really yes. can't. I am beaming. If The result against Tranmere made me smile. This has just made me go super smile. Yes. <laughs> so good. Oh, dear. For Abby to get the winning goal as well, that is majestic. I've got a question for you, Danny. Go on. If you scored the only and winning goal in an FA Cup or a Cup competition that saw you through to the next round, which is the furthest that you ever got mm-hmm. um, before, would you, or, well, would you would you expect to be up there for the player of the match? Oh, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. Not Abby. No? <laughs> no. Travesty. She's been oh, robbed. Who, who votes for these things? Absolutely non- nonsense. That's <laughs> <laughs> of course I'm joking. We are, we are absolutely joking. Uh, but, I, but I will say, yeah, no, she didn't. I'm just double checking. Um, Rachel Mumford was a player of the match. Um, well oh, she, done, must have, she must have been outstanding then. Must have been. Because Abby Bruin scored the winner. She did. FA Cup first round. When's the draw, Charles? Uh, good question. <laughs> I knew you didn't know that, so I'm just saying it. <laughs> I knew you'd say that. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, I do not know, but the uh, the tie, whoever it is that we end up playing, will be played on the same weekend that uh, the men's team are away at um, Bristol Rovers. Mm-hmm. They played Tamworth, by the way. It was 1-0, as we've probably said. Now, Tamworth, are, I think, the only team to have actually beaten the women in like the last couple of years. So to go and actually win, and it's a bit like what we were saying about earlier, about how, you know, the men had played Mansfield, played Stevenage, then go and play Tranmere. I think you were saying in the pod about it, like year being a year 11 team and playing year sevens and then playing another year 11 team. That was a bit like this, I think, because I listened to one of the interviews afterwards. It's on Twitter at NTFC women. Um, I think it's with uh, uh, Bianca um, Lutman. Bianca said, you know, that finally they've come up against opposition that are kind of worthy, uh, and or at least they're at the same level as the Cobblers. So without being disrespectful to any of the, the teams that they've already played in the league, but essentially the results, I think, speak for themselves, don't they? Whereas to now come up against a team that they've beaten, and by the looks of the Twitter commentary, it was pretty much one-way traffic. But mm. to only win one nil, I think, shows that the quality, the standard, definitely was upped for yeah. uh, this game. So yeah, definitely brilliant. Uh, the development team as well have won four and four as well. They won five nil against Rushton and Diamonds, I think, today. Brilliant. Um, so it's all go. The women's side of things, it's it's just great, isn't it? Seeing this happening. I mean, the, you know, the men's team are doing well, the women's team are flying. We're all happy, aren't we, Danny? It's absolutely yeah, amazing. 
Yeah, I think they've got a home game next weekend as well, and they're back in the league against Lincoln United. Oh, yeah. fantastic. That'll be down at Harpole um, then. So if you can, down, please yeah. do go and uh, and cheer the, the women on because I think they deserve it. They're, they're, they're doing very well. They are getting good, decent-sized crowds at the moment. So go along, cheer them on. Um, I think I if, if that's uh, game, to be honest. if that's a home game in the first round of the cup, it'd be nice to have that at six fields, wouldn't it? Uh, yes, put it out there right so, now. Get yeah. that in six fields. Get it in there. That's what you want. Is another you know big crowd of Cobblers fans in six fields watching NTFC women in the FA Cup first round proper, proper, proper. Lovely stuff. Um, okay. I think that's a lovely way to end this very, very happy, positive pod. It's been lovely. No, not even have we had come time. On. We haven't got time for the Scunthorpe steward falling not over. Not even time for oh, Scunthorpe steward falling over. Not <laughs> even time for John Yems talking about singing <laughs> uh, goals or something like that. <laughs> Absolutely ridiculous. Uh, no time for any of that. Remember, all of our content, including match previews, are available on our website, cobblestome.com, and the Fan Hub app as well. Plus, if you really like what we do and would like to support us by sending us a little bit of money our way, then you can join our fan club. Go to cobblestome.com and you will then go to the support us tab where it will give you all the information you need or go straight to our Patreon, patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Thanks very much for listening. We really appreciate it. We love coming to you every single week and we will be back again next week. There's the cup, there's the pictures you'll see on tomorrow's back pages. The Cobblers are going through into Division 1. Bring them on because we deserve it. This podcast is a proud member of the Fan Hub 100. Football without fans is nothing, so we've partnered with Fan Hub to put fans first. Search FanHub app to play your part in the journey. Support the podcast on Patreon by joining the It's All Cobblers to Me fan club. Every month you'll receive access to exclusive bonus content such as our Meet the Staff series, hear our player interviews before anyone else and be invited to regular meetups. By joining the fan club, you'll be helping us to continue our sponsorship of NTFC women's player Abby Bruin and enable us to keep the podcast and all our other content going to the high standards you expect. To join the fan club, go to patreon.com forward slash cobblers to me. Sports Social Podcast Network.